0: We are back with another regular episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly one-stop shop podcast for news on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us at the Media Boat Podcast.
1: It is December the 10th, 2022. This is episode 361. Thank you for joining us. We have Matt. A Little bit of a show today. We are going to recap the video game awards. We're going to talk about the new SZA record. We're going to talk about Max.
0: Yes, HBO Max, <laughs> Discovery Word, possibly make just yeah. combining to the name Max. But we'll get there when we get there because first, yes, we got to start with the music section. We always start the music section. We always start the music section with the Hot 100. <laughs> start with the Billboard. We start the Billboard with yes. the Hot 100. And your hottest song in the land is, of course, Taylor Swift with anti-hero yeah still but but right around the corner <laughs> it's a coming yeah it's you here hear it. it's here i mean it's here yes but you can still hear those sleigh bells and jingling niggling <laughs> as christmas songs start creeping into the top five with all i want for christmas is you at number two by mariah carey give it one more week one more week it's gonna be number one i think
1: i don't think taylor is that strong <laughs> like, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Antihero
0: might stay, but I have a feeling this might be it. Well, everyone's having their holiday parties because at number three, it's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Yep. At four, Unholy by <laughs> Sam Smith and Kim Petras. You know, the
1: Christmas standard.
0: Yes. And then, rounding out your top five, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms.
1: So, yeah, get ready for a lot of this.
0: Yes. This as we it begins. Yep, as we slide into the end of the year, your Christmas uh, songs start taking hold. But they don't take hold of the top 100. Or do they? Because, as <laughs> uh, check out our album chart, your Billboard 200, at number one, It's Still Midnights by Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. with number two, Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. At three, <laughs> Un Burrando by Bad Booney. But then coming in at number four, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the entire concept of Christmas. No, yes, the concept lady. album of Christmas. Yes, by various no, Michael Bublé's. Just one <laughs> Michael Bublé. Yes, Michael Bublé's Christmas is here. Yes, uh, and running out your top five. It's only me by <laughs> Little Baby. Uh, this has nothing to
1: do with what we're talking about, but damn, you ate that bagel fast. Yes. <laughs> I looked down, and I was like, where'd it go? And it's just a wrapper. It's a half a bagel. <laughs> I gave him a bagel before the show. and I Half was a bagel. Just like, Half a bagel, and I was just like, yeah, you, you can eat it while you're recording. Somehow it was gone by the time he hit record. Well, we were talking. I, I was talking. <laughs> I guess I was not paying attention. Yes. Anyway, Sorry. Moving on. We were
0: talking about music news. We are talking about music. Well, we were talking about new
1: releases, and yes. of course there is no there are new releases. There still news. no new releases, though there was a surprise release, so you had mentioned on the podcast and out of the podcast that there was going to be some yes. sort of surprise release. Oh yes, and you I picked right. up that
0: phone because I called it.
1: You did, because on SNL, which was hosted, or uh, sorry, musical guest SZA uh, last week, SZA decided to use that opportunity to announce her second record. It has been five years since Control, her debut, so...
0: It was long-awaited. I have, Let's do it, and I will talk about it a little later. But first... We gotta get to some music news. Yes. And we start with an indie rock institution. A couple of them. Yes. But it's the same dude? Well, it's both Postal <laughs> Service and Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. Both of them were fronted and co-founded by singer-songwriter Ben Gibbard. Yeah. We'll undertake a 20th anniversary uh, co-headlining... North American tour next year. Yeah. The groups will perform their landmark 2003 albums in full. The Postal Service's Platinum Certified Give Up and Death Cab for Cutie's Breakthrough fourth studio record, uh, Transatlanticism. (laughs) You you got 90% of the way there. That's it, right? Transatlanticism. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) Uh, Which were actually released within a mere eight months yeah. of one another. What a time to be Ben Gibbard. Yes. So <laughs> Ben Gibbard will, in fact, pull double duty throughout the tour, performing with both Postal Service, uh, which also includes uh, Jimmy Tamborello and J- Jenny Lewis. Yeah, Jenny Lewis. As well as Death Cab <laughs> for Cutie. So, uh, Millennials, get excited, because Millennials love but the Postal so- Service and yes. Death Cab. But it's not the Hella Mega Death Tour. No, it is not. But this is better.
1: Um, so yeah, Christy's already excited for this. She's like, "Yeah, we're getting tickets for the Hollywood Bowl show, which is in October." So yeah, almost a whole year away. <laughs> but still, um, yeah, this is exciting for millennials who love this this era, especially the postal service. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of people our age has a soft spot for
0: for, for the death postal cab. service yes.
1: and death Cab. So yeah, um, this is OC core.
0: Like the OC, the television show. You know, yeah, well, you know, when they were in their heyday, they were at such great heights. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's move
1: on to a sadder story. Like, a, yeah, not sad, sad,
0: but definitely like, oh boy, this seems rough. Death Cab for Cutie. No. Oh, sorry. Uh, Celine Dion.
1: Yeah, Celine Dion.
0: Yes, uh, Celine Dion has revealed that she has been diagnosed with a rare neurological disorder called... Stiff Person Syndrome. Yeah. What a name. Yes. Uh, she said, Very evocative. She said the disorder affects approximately one in one million people. Damn. Uh, in a video message posted to Instagram, Dion said the disorder was causing spasms that affect her ability to walk and sing. Quote, while we're still learning about this rare condition, we now know that this is what's been causing all of the spasms that I've been having. Unfortunately, the spasms affect every aspect of my daily life, sometimes causing difficulties when I walk and not allowing me to use my vocal cords to sing the way I'm used to. Uh, End quote. Because of the impact on her ability to perform, Dion explained that she had no option but to again postpone her upcoming Courage Tour, which was set to begin in February. After already being postponed by, uh, not three months, three different times already. Quote, I miss you so much. I miss seeing all of you being on stage performing for you. I always give 100% when I do my shows, but my condition is not allowing me to give you that right now. As she said, um in her post
1: yeah this is a rough one yet another uh uh, example over the last couple years of an artist finding out that they have some sort of rare condition Mm -hmm. that's going to affect their touring um this just keeps happening and um kind of a legacy of female artists too uh who've had this happen to them shania twain Mm -hmm. like it comes to mind like it's just disappointing because yeah like i'm sure there's so many people who were really looking forward to seeing celine uh and yeah it's going to be sad that she's not going to be
0: able to do the tour the way she wants to because of this right and so seeing Celine in their home stadium outside yeah. of the Vegas residency that she right. did have for such a long time
1: yeah so so yeah of course we wish you know the best of luck to her as they kind of figure out this uh rare disease and try to figure out how to help her uh get to performing shape again if if she can uh is kind of the question here yeah, definitely a disappointing
0: one. Uh, but we wish her the best. Yep. Um, there's, well, we, we'll see what happens. We'll see. There's not much like, else that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> she gets the best treatment yeah. she can. So let me become a doctor <laughs> real quick and see what I can do. All right. Let me turn around my chair here. <laughs> <laughs> Just zip right into my, my doctor costume. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Right. Anyways. So. Now you can
1: talk about scissor. Yeah, uh, this won't take very long. Uh, I listened to S.O.S., which is the surprise scissor record that was announced last Saturday. Mm-hmm. came out yesterday. It is long. That's the first thing I want to say about this thing. If you were waiting with bated breath for more scissor music, well, you got a lot of it yesterday. 24 tracks. And a lot of guests here. A lot of um, left turns. A lot of unexpected sounds. But still, if you liked "Control," SZA's first record, you're going to love this thing. So, for the most part, she's an R&B artist, and she mostly operates in that lane. But her voice is just so—it's—it's it's pretty perfect, as perfect as a like a voice for that genre can be. SZA's voice is just like so pristine, so clean. Just just works through the the melodies just like beautifully. Like she is one of the best voices voices in the business, in my opinion. And so, yeah, you get a lot of her, uh, like, in top form in this. But, like I said, you also get a lot of left turns. She, because of this being so long and, and having so many tracks in it, mm-hmm. she gets to experiment a little bit, and you get a little bit of experimentation here. You get a song uh, that has a lot of, like, sense in it, and then all of a sudden, Phoebe Bridgers shows up and does a verse, which what? is a weird, like, mo- I definitely had one of those mono-genre moments where I was listening to this, is like, wait... Okay, all right, we're just throwing the idea of siloed parts of the music industry out the window for this. And it sounds great, and they work well together. And when they're harmonizing, it's, like, really great. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then, like, she follows that with, like, song, there's a song with, like, um, an Old Dirty Bastard sample. <laughs> like, Old Dirty Bastard from the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> um, that's, that's how she chooses to end this thing. Um, there's a song with some country strings like if this all over, oh yeah i didn't even mention the part where it's basically she wrote a pop punk song like there's so much happening in this record and there's so many different vibes but it all is all comes together with that trademark voice and her songwriting is also great here honestly and i see a lot of people talking about this it sucks that this came out after all the year end lists because i feel a lot of critics are like wait a minute oh no <laughs> this thing's really good what do i do I don't know if it would have ended up on my top ten, but I'm sure that it is. It it, it, It would have been in consideration.
0: Yeah, I think so. Right. It's really good. Which we did just this past week. Yes, you said this. I know. Put out our top our our, uh, end of the year for
1: music. But yeah, I would recommend this to anybody who has liked SZA in the past, or likes her singles that she's put out in anticipation of this, or um, just wants to hear some really, really great a really great R and B record. It's kind of like, the, I've always imagined, like, the music that SZA makes, the music that Drake should be making, <laughs> is, like, if he had just kept on the, like, the, the, the track that he was after Take Care in 2011, mm-hmm. but he didn't, and he swerved, and he keeps swerving. I feel like SZA is making that kind of quality, and she's consistent enough to keep making it. The one thing I will say, though, and this is maybe just a personal thing, it's just too long. I... 24 tracks like, is too long? I feel like there's just a handful of these songs that I'm like, do we need two of these? Like, do we need three of these kind of vibe? And like, uh, okay. there's a version of this record that's shorter, that's more concise, and I think is probably better. But again, it's to a lot of people, more is more. So I'm sure that if you're a fan, you're going to love the fact that she had given you such a generous package of songs. And this is even apparently down from hundreds of songs she said she recorded in these sessions. Hmm. So she pulled a Carly, a Rage Epson here, is what I'm saying. Where, where she just don't... recorded so much, she had to pare that down. So, maybe we get a collection of more down the line? It's possible.
0: Aside two. Yeah, aside, Side B. aside
1: B. So yeah, uh, we'll see. But uh, for what it is, this is a really good package, and it just proves this is, is top of her game, top of a genre, and just doing things that uh, a lot of her... Um, the fellow uh, members of the genre can't do. So, hey, check it out. It, SOS says it, it's
0: good. Yep. Carve out an hour and change. <laughs> or you it. can carve out an hour and change and listen to us. That too. Um, yeah. Uh, you can decide which one's better. You well, no, time. not just like us <laughs> on a regular podcast, but on our end of the
1: year yeah. music special. Speaking of, which if you're listening to this on our podcast feed, you can find it on our podcast feed. we will do one a week. So we've already, by the time you're listening to this, we've already dropped the episode about music. Yes. So, yes, check that out.
0: All right, let's move on to our next section here. And we'll go right into video games. Yes, video games. What a week in video games. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Starting with new releases. Yes.
1: There are a couple.
0: Yep. We have Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII. Reunion. Yes,
1: that is that remake of Crisis
0: Core, originally a PSP mm-hmm. game. Yes, notice how they do the re. Yes, re everything. Every, yes. yes, they re up everything, and that's out <laughs> for literally everything. Yeah, literally Switch literally included. Everything. Yeah, you can play this on
1: anything. I, I believe the Switch is a cloud version.
0: Yes, uh, we also have uh, High on Life for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. This is that uh, Justin, Justin Roiland first-person shooter.
1: Didn't preview well initially, but recent previews seem to have better things to say about it. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of celebrity voices
0: involved. This was on my watch list, Yeah. Um, so I might... Check this out. Oh, this is on Game
1: Pass. If my computer can run it. Yes, <laughs> this is on Game Pass, so I will probably take a look at this. I'm not sure how much I can... I'm going to like it. I'm not necessarily a Justin Voiland fan. Yes. Uh, Rick and Morty is going to miss for me, so... Do you want your guns talking to you the entire time? Yeah. Do I? Do I want that? I don't know. When somebody said that J.B. Smoove is a voice of one of the guns <laughs> in this thing, I was like, all right, I might have to check this uh, okay. out. Yeah, there's some voice... Like, Maria Bamford is in this... <laughs> I was like, what? So I might check it out just out of curiosity for some of the celebrity stuff happening here. Uh, and it's an interesting
0: concept. Like, I don't know. We'll see. If you didn't check it out on Switch or PC, yeah. Neon White is now available on PS4 and PS5. Yeah,
1: so you know, PlayStation users can check out one of our favorite games of the year. Yes.
0: And lastly, The Witcher 3, colon, Wild Hunt, dash, Complete edition, yes, is now getting yet another, yeah. This is next gen upgrade.
1: upgrade. This is PS5, Xbox Series X. This is the they ran a trailer during the early, yes, video game, but rewards. I feel like
0: they they did this for when they, the PS4 yeah, and, uh, the series Xbox one, uh, series the,
1: one, yes,
0: yeah. Xbox One <laughs> Xbox One came out. It's,
1: it's not weird to say that, right? It feels yeah. like ancient history. The Xbox One, yeah, that was the name of that thing, though. It's weird to say anyway we um, yeah. through it but yeah um, the, the that is a 4k like fully upgraded complete with DLC package but as you're scrolling through it right now the big news this week was of course the video game awards Jeff Keeley's own this is just the winners we all probably want to recap with the announcements yeah
0: we're gonna recap the announcements first yeah.
1: or after, but we'll get through the winners first. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing—if you don't know the, whether, how the video game awards work—is that they're mostly a, a, a thing for Jeff Keighley to invite his friends to announce things. Yes. However, there are awards given out, and depending on who you are, they matter. <laughs> yes. yes do. <laughs> also, depending on who you are, who you are, they don't matter.
0: Uh, but yeah, let's
1: just go through also the on, on who you,
0: who wins. Yeah. They, they
1: matter more or less. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was a weird night. Uh, the vibe was off <laughs> to yeah. me. I feel like also they did the the, pro- the biggest problem I have it with have with it. You never start show with a showstopper, and they started the show with a showstopper this year. And I didn't care about anything else for the rest of the show. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Hades too. Obviously, I'm talking about Hades too. Uh, the sequel to the media vote game of the year 2019. Yeah, 2019? Uh, that 2019 feels like so long. 2019
0: ago. or 2020.
1: No, it had to be 2019 because I remember wait. No, I had my computer. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Yep, 2020.
0: Anyway, but yeah, like that for me that was such a You mm-hmm. might be confused because it was out on like beta, beta uh, it release was early, for access, while, to early access for a while. You're right. for a while so yeah, that just release.
1: tempered my... that just raised my bar so high that nothing could ever hop up. like I I am more ex- I feel like I was more excited with that trailer than I was about anything I'd ever seen at a video game awards ever. Like that, like, sent me to, like, I'm rarely this excited for a game. But the, the idea, because, well, one, I wasn't expecting it. No one was. Supergiant doesn't make sequels to their games,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ever. And two, when I saw their logo and I saw, I guess we're just talking about the Hades 2 right now. Let's yeah. just burn this real quick.
0: Yes. Uh, because it's the most exciting thing
1: that happened all night. Uh, but yeah, um, when they, so the trailer started, I was like, okay, this is Supergiant Games logo, all right, let's see what the next thing they're doing. And then even with the fight in the beginning, because they didn't recognize the characters, I was like, oh, is this a new game? Is this like a fighting game? Like, what are they doing? But then the thing that tipped me off was the laurel that the character is wearing. I was like, that looks like... That looks... Yep. And then when they did the zoom in on her eyes... Oh, my God. Yeah, because it looked like Hades. Hades Her eyes were were the same color. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh okay, this is this is Hades 2. And then as it went on and they showed like
0: Apollo and stuff like that, I was like,
1: all right, okay, this is Hades 2. And I was like, oh my God.
0: Yep. Uh, <laughs> not the only shocking announcement, also not the only sequel, as right. Death Stranding 2, <laughs> yeah. working title, so, may not be official, was announced. So there was a portion of the show that
1: I did not have the sound on for. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this was part of it. I missed the entire... Uh, Death Stranding 2 uh, trailer I missed what Kojima said Or yeah, yeah yeah and I missed all of that sh- I missed that entire portion of the show so I'm going to have to probably rewatch a lot of this stuff but hey people who like Death Stranding will love the fact that there's more Death Stranding I'm not
0: one of those people but <laughs> yep. I'm sure people are excited also a sequel to, uh, to Jedi Fallen Order Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor yeah. was, uh, got an official reveal trailer as well this footage looked good it did. Uh, I played a little
1: bit of Fallen Order, and it's not for me. It's a Souls like, and I wasn't really digging it. But the what they showed seemed like, oh yeah, Star Wars fans like should get really excited for that.
0: That looks really good. Yep. Uh, also announced was Blue Protocol. Uh, oh, for mean, Amazon.
1: You mean Namco's uh, uh, Namco's uh, Genshin Impact? It. <laughs> this is just, just every moment I, of this. I was like, was, this is just Genshin Impact. This looks
0: like Genshin Impact. But
1: it's in, they say it's an in 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 an MMO though. Yes. Which makes me think that they're going to try to make some, like, take the concept of the Genshin Impact and make it yep. massive, which I'm
0: like, eh, we'll see. Yep. Uh, we also saw the trailer for Horizon uh, 2 Forbidden West DLC Burning Shores. Yes. Which will be a PS5 exclusive. This looks rad. Like, seeing Aloy, like, pass the Capitol,
1: build, Capitol Records building and the Hollywood sign. Yes. I mean, of course, we're, you know, SoCal residents here, so of course it's going to touch us. More than most people, but I'm very excited. Yes, some
0: people may roll their eyes like, oh my god, Aloy goes to yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> but but we're over here being like, Aloy goes to Hollywood? Yep. So sign me up, I'm ready for more uh, Horizon. Yeah, there was uh, some more footage of Final Fantasy sixteen.
1: Yeah, but also looks better than it should. It looks yep. like they're going hard on the story here, which is important because I feel like a lot of people...
0: They did that with... Uh... 14, 15. Yeah. They were hard with, story with 15 as well. And they're trying to combat out.
1: And the fact that the team behind 14, the MMO, which is more popular than ever, yes. um, is behind this is really, it means that it's got a high level of hype that uh, 15 didn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, 16 looks good. And we have a release date too that comes out, along with everything else at the show, apparently, in June. Yes. June, huge month next year. Get ready for summer video games. Ugh. <laughs> you're already like no, thinking, my wallet. No, I was
0: thinking summer games done quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These will not be done quick, though. No. <laughs> Get
0: ready for 80 to 100 hours of Final Fantasy 16
1: for you. I know that's how much time you're going to spend. Probably. It. <laughs> but that
0: wasn't the last thing no. announced. Not even close. There's I, so much. Yes. Uh, I don't, are you excited for this last thing here?
1: um This is probably also something that's not for me. However, a certain quadrant of the internet
0: broke their brains. Yes. Uh, Because From Software, creators behind Elden Ring, did not go quietly into the night. (laughs) Instead, they announced, Armored Core 6 is on its way. The fires of Rubicon.
1: So, if you aren't a uh, gamer who's been in this business as long as I have, you might not know what Armored Core is. Before the Souls games, From Software was known as a pretty niche Japanese developer, and one of their franchises was Armored Core. It is a mech franchise, big robot battles uh, with RPG elements, where you're like basically like changing your robot's parts constantly, you're mm-hmm. like upgrading, you're leveling up, that kind of vibe. Well, this is a new one. Seems like the idea is is that From is going to put a little bit of that Souls business like magic into this, uh, so it's going to be kind of a hybrid, like. Soul, think souls with mechs, but with like a little bit more like tinkering happening, uh, and yeah, armored core. Uh, a lot of people are very excited for this. I don't think this is my bag, but hey, I'm excited for the people.
0: Uh, they say it's supposed to be coming out next year. Yeah, probably looking at a holiday release.
1: I, I would I would assume, um, even though Elden Ring did really well okay. at it as a beginning of the year kind of thing. So maybe. Yeah. I
0: don't know. Um, a couple other announcements included. Cyberpunk 2077, for those of you still playing it, there's a new expansion called Phantom Liberty. Yeah. And they got Aegis Elba. So we knew
1: that this was happening. They had announced Phantom Liberty would be their first big DLC. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we didn't know was the Aegis Elba stuff and to see footage of it. So, yeah. Aegis Elba looking good in video game form. Christy was at home at that point and she was like, man, look at that hot man. (laughs) And I was like, calm down. It's just Aegis
0: Elba. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, a sequel to a 2010 game, I want to say, 2009. Eh, it was around that time. Around that yeah. time, uh, Diablo Four. Yeah. Long-awaited yeah. sequel coming out in June of next year. Yeah. It's currently scheduled for June of next year. And Halsey showed up. Yeah, that was. Her... <laughs> I was like, "All right,
1: let's bring it." But again, <laughs> I had it muted because I was on the phone, so I just, I just saw her. I didn't hear her perform. So, but yeah, like, um, I was excited to see Halsey there. And yeah, that footage, uh, they just showed basically a um, uh, cutscene. But Blizzard cutscenes always look great, and this one wasn't, wasn't a disappointment. Uh, so yeah, like, uh, excited for Diablo 4. Um, I have not played a Diablo game,
0: but they seem like something I would like. So, I don't know, uh, because, like, when the PS3 came out, yes, the PS3. Yes. <laughs> uh, there was a big hype that Diablo 3 was 3, coming yeah. to the PS3. As like one, of like one of its launch games. Yeah, no, I never played it. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i heard good things about yeah. it. Um, Street Fighter VI got a release date in June. Yep. Um, Among Us getting a new... We should talk about Judas. What, this one?
1: Yeah, so Judas, which was a trailer they showed, is the next Ken Levine game. Uh, this is notable because, of course, he was the creative lead on the Bioshock games, mm-hmm. as well as before that, System Shock. Uh, for EA, but mostly at this point he's known as the Bioshock guy. The guy who brought you Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Um, This just looks like Bioshock, but like almost to the point where I was like, can he do this? Because he doesn't (laughs) own the rights to that game anymore. Right. Um, That is a 2K uh, franchise and IP now. Um, They more or less kind of let it sit. They haven't done anything with Bioshock since, except for this movie that they've got in the works. Uh, But yeah, Judas is an interesting looking game. It looks like uh, kind of a Bioshock style experience, but in space, a lot of like free floating things. And they said that a lot of the trailer was in engine, at least if we're to believe Jeff Keighley. He (laughs) says he's played it uh, a few hours of it and he says that that's running. Mm -hmm. We don't know much else about it, but like, I'm intrigued at least. I I feel like Ken Levine... uh, the, uh, made some mistakes, I think, after uh, Bioshock. I think you can just say what you will about Bioshock Infinite. I liked it, but a lot of people were correct to point out the many, many, many problems and baggage with its story. That being said, as long as he doesn't trip up on that end of the... on the narrative end of the spectrum, I think Judas could be interesting. I think it could be fun. I think the Bioshock setup of gun and power is an interesting concept that still could work in a modern video game. I want to see what he does with it. Okay. So, yeah, uh... Could
0: be interesting. Uh, we also announced Returnal coming to PC. We knew about we knew this. about that. Yeah. Um, Dead Cells is getting crossover with Castlevania. Yeah, that's its first DLC in a long time. Dead Cells is like a 2019 game. Yep, uh, there's going to be a Hellboy game called Web of Weird. Yeah,
1: uh, looked good, like a cell shaded kind of comic book look on that.
0: And then, lastly, in a bittersweet uh, surprise. This was sad. Um, the upcoming Suicide Squad game, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, yeah, will for better or for worse, with a name of a title like that, yeah. have the late Kevin Conroy voice yeah. Batman in one of his last appearances.
1: Yeah, they said they will for a final time in their universe in the Rocksteady games, um, because of course he passed before uh, the game's release. Um, so that part of the trailer, yeah, that was sad. That was a nice little tribute to him at the end there. Mm-hmm. But real quick, that game doesn't look very good, right? Like, that cutscene, like, it was a cutscene, but it was an in-engine cutscene? Yeah. Ooh, that thing needs some polish. Uh, A little rough on the edges? Yeah, I feel like that that game looked really... Also, like, the bits that were supposed to be funny did not hit at all for me. I was like, this is... Okay, these jokes are not great. I don't know. I don't know about that game, is what I'm saying. Well,
0: you know, jokes (laughs) can go stale after a while. And
1: also, I feel like the problem with the DC stuff, which... I know is on top of James Gunn's list of things to fix mm-hmm. is that when everything's siloed in their own universes, it's confusing to me. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So this is not the, ju- they didn't get the actors from the Justice League movie or from any of the other things. Yes. This is a different Justice, or, or sorry, not Justice League. I meant Suicide, suicide Squad. squad. Yes. Um, it's a different Suicide Squad. I'm so confused. There are like three different Suicide Squads and three different things now, and I'm just mm-hmm. so confused. So anyway. Fine, it's not for me.
0: Do <laughs> no I? How much you want to kill the Justice League? <laughs> I, I don't really, but hey, if I can be convinced, <laughs> anyways, that's will convince you that <laughs> <laughs> he too will want to kill the Justice League. Yeah, I bet he does. Uh, yeah, there's probably a handful of other things
1: we didn't mention here. They showed a clip of the the Mario Brothers movie. Yes. That uh, I don't know. It seemed more like scene setting than anything. It was basically just Mario doing platforming. Yes. The one thing I do have to say that the big takeaway from for me from that trailer is, or from that clip, was they nailed the score. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, th- they, th- that's the theme from this level. That's the theme from this game. That's the thing. I was like, my mind was reeling. I was like, how did they put all these themes in the same medley? And Christy's like, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's the bomb, the bomb, battlefield theme. That's the d- underground theme when he goes into the pipe. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was pointing out everything, but anyway.
0: I still don't know what who that movie is for because sure. I feel like it's just all over the map. It it's weird because that movie from like the closeout show is part for kids in but, design, but also all the nerds the, are going to be like so much little details that you can point to and get like it's this reaction. That Leo uh, meme where he's pointing just at the pointing TV. Everything. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. I saw it from announcements. There was actual winners at the awards. Yeah, I guess if you care. About as the I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, everybody knows the video game awards are for the
1: announcements and not for the
0: awards. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. When you have video game awards, you gotta announce <laughs> stuff. Um. So, biggest winner is around who you ask. Yeah. Uh, because. Some games took home more awards. Some games took <laughs> home the big awards. You're just happy that God
1: of War Ragnarok had a good night. Oh yes, it did have a good night. Yes, which of course everybody predicted it would,
0: but it did not have the best night. No, because that went to Elden Ring, which yes. was your game of the year from software. With Elden Ring, won both Game of the Year and mm-hmm. Best Game Direction. We'll talk Although, about... is there can it win Best Game Direction if it gives you no direction at all? <laughs>
1: So I think obviously here I feel like Immortality was absolutely brutally robbed. It wasn't even nominated for the Game of the Year, but I'm talking about direction because yes. how, the the fact that I can't even figure out how you make a game like
0: Immortality,
1: I think that you win that automatically. Like there's no way that this game does not win Best Game Direction. Because well, How no. do you direct a game like
0: that? Well, not that, but you're directing people through literally re- directing a movie, literally. three movies. Three movies plus backstories, <laughs> plus back plus a video plus, game, plus video game, plus side stories.
1: Ah, it just breaks my brain to even think about it. Immortality was, by the way, swept like like completely nothing. Yes, all night, even for performance for Man and Gage, which she should have won. Sorry, Christopher Judge, yes. but you weren't you weren't acting like with your like you weren't actually in the
0: game. He was. He was Captain. He was the
1: voice of it. He no, was he was Captain. I know, but still.
0: I'm it's, just saying, that's a different thing to me. Yes, but... Elden Ring also ended up winning Best Art Direction and Best RPG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, God of War, that theme was everywhere oh, yeah. t- tonight, or last night, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, as it w- did win Best Narrative, it won Best Score in Music for Bear McCreary. Best audio design. I finally
1: now know what Bear McCreary looks like. Yeah. He looks like Bear he looks like a dude that's name is Bear McCreary. Yes. Also he said some sort of weird thing about what was it, ethnic ethnic fiddles or something like
0: that? Yeah, something <laughs> like, like that. What the hell is he talking about? I uh, hope that's the name of the instrument because otherwise yes. I'm like, uh... uh as well as uh, best performance, like you mentioned, by Christopher Judge. Yeah. Which gave who gave a 15 minute long <laughs> speech. Yes, they tried to play him off and then he kept going. Oh my god. Uh God of War Ragnar also won for best action. Adventure. Uh I think that was it. Oh no. And uh, Innovation in Accessibility.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that they won the accessibility award because I feel like Sony's gone so hard on that. Yes. That it was good to see. Especially with The Last of Us Part Two yeah. winning it last year. Last year, year.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, it's good for them. They're they I'm getting the, I'm glad they're getting recognition for that stuff. Uh, other big game, uh, other big game winners were As Dusk Falls for Games for Impact. Yeah, don't know if I agree with that one. Uh, Marvel Snap. Yep, for Best Mobile Game. That um,
1: cool animation thing that they did was rad. Yeah. Yeah, like even yeah, Christy was that like, trailer. even Christy was like, "What is this? This looks cool." Oh, like, yeah, this does blow, look cool. Yeah, it
0: completely blows it out of proportion of what you're actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nothing like the game, but. Uh, best indie game went to Stray and the Kitty Cat.
1: Yeah, pr- it, this should have been Neon White, but sure.
0: Yes, yes, I know it should have been Neon White. But <laughs> and the Kitty Cat one Uh, Moss Book Two for best VR AR game. Sure. And then they uh,
1: Meta a three for best action game, which was surprising to me. And Multiverse is also surprising for yeah, best fighting game. Fighting. I want to say that that was yeah, uh, probably because most. What happens in a lot of these is that the panels are from all sorts of different games media, mm-hmm. and uh, I think what happens a lot is the winners is often the most accessible thing, and what I mean by that is the one that everybody's played. Right. Multiverses is free to I'm play, which I'm sure helps everything. it, because fighting, especially with the games nominated in the fighting category, is pretty niche, yeah. and so the fact that most people who were voting probably played multiverses as opposed to all of the rest of these games mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: Uh, and then best family game, Kirby. What did Kirby? Good to see Kirby game. here.
1: This was like the Nintendo Switch category. Yes.
0: <laughs> Aside from Lego being in there, you know, I think it's also on Switch. So. <laughs> it is on Switch, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so good to see Kirby though uh, win this. Yeah, but this I would so. say that like, Nintendo is on like I'll slash Nintendo on everything. Yeah, except everything for
1: Lego. Lego.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that. Your most anticipated game was in literally no competition at all.
1: Yeah.
0: Legend I mean, of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I don't like the fact that they do a most anticipated category because
1: it's basically like best marketing. Yeah. It sucks, That whenever.
0: I mean, it's also like, hey, this game is probably going to end up winning Game of the Year next year when it comes out. Probably. Because Elden Ring did it last year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, other than that... Yeah, that's um, pretty much it.
1: And then you have the eSports categories, which yeah. you don't really care
0: um, about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one yeah. thing that's not on here is that the fan-voted category yeah. went to Genshin Impact. Yeah, so Sonic fans are probably super pissed about that one. Uh, not just that, but because the people behind Genshin Impact basically put yeah. in their notices, if you vote for us, we'll give you the uh, like extra gems, like if we win. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So... Now we need
1: to talk about something that happened at the very, very end of the show.
0: Yes, Jeff Keighley said goodbye.
1: This is video game news, I guess, in a way. It Uh, happened
0: during the VGAs. Yeah, it happened
1: during the VGAs, but also, uh, it's just one of those award show moments that doesn't really happen anywhere else. So, when Elden Ring won Game of the Year, the uh, From Software squad kind of came up, but there was a member of that squad that didn't belong there so from what i've been able to gather from people who have pieced together how this happened a 15 year old uh who was attending the ceremony uh got up out of his seat in this moment and followed them up to the stage to the point where at one point he was even leading them to the stage he stood there patiently then as the thank yous happened no one noticed that he was there and not part of the from software crew Security didn't do anything. The From Software people did not bring attention to this kid. Then after the music had started, this kid walks up to the microphone, awkwardly thanks everyone, and then thanks, quote, his orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. (laughs) And then, uh, which, by the way, they stopped the music and low and uh, turned the microphone back on for this kid, not knowing that he wasn't part of anything. Yes, and immediately shut it down as soon as he said "Bill Clinton." Yes, Jeff Keighley then awkwardly has to pivot and close out the show. Yep. So after the show, what basically the internet was able to sleuth about this. This is apparently a fifteen-year-old troll. Essentially, he's made kind of a career of himself over the last couple of years of being, getting himself on, worming himself onto things and saying weird shit. The question about him is that: is he doing a bit here? Is this some sort of weird anti-Semitic like, th- like thing that he's doing? No one's quite clear. Mm-hmm. Apparently, somebody found an interview that he had somehow, fa- or not an interview. I guess he called in or something to none other than Alex Jones's info wars at one point So he's this is a bit that he's apparently done for a while okay according to Jeff this is where this gets weird according to Jeff Keeley's Twitter account, he said that this kid was arrested. Um, that is a claim he made. Um, video game reporter Steven Totillo however on Twitter said that he called the LAPD. And asked if they had a record of an arrest happening on the VGA state or at the VGAs, and they said no. So it's unclear whether or not this kid was apprehended or not. Apparently, he's home now because another video game reporter on Twitter uh, tweeted Jason Schreier, who works at uh, uh, Bloomberg. He said that he actually got him on a Zoom call, and interviewed the kid, hmm. and apparently said some. He said like he was trying to test basically whether or not he was like saying that to be anti-Semitic or if he was genuinely Jewish. And so apparently he said something in Hebrew and said that the kid actually understood him, but then denied that he understood him. <laughs> so again, it seems like yes. it's a bit seems like this kid's just a troll. Um, whether or not we should like really like give this guy a platform, who knows? I well, really we just unclear. did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really unclear it's it, basically even a couple days later, it's unclear exactly what the motivation was, whether he was just making a joke. However, the big problem here is security should have noticed. Yes. And the fact that they didn't is actually really dangerous. Because what if this kid was, had, did have nefarious goals in mind? What if he had, like, brought a weapon on the stage? What if he said something worse into the microphone? Like, there are so many possibilities that this could have been way worse. We got the best possible scenario out of this. <laughs> And the internet had their yucks for a couple hours, but like it's definitely worrying. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see security jump up next year at this stage because yeah, this is, should have not just should not have been happened.
0: Or if they put like, if we win, here's the people who are coming on stage. Right. We are only expecting this. These people. If you see anybody yes. else, please ask. them to Um. <laughs> <laughs> Expect something similar, probably going forward with the upcoming award season for E three gonna E three, yeah. no, actually, oh, no, just movies, awards in general. Awards in general, Oscars, uh, Emmys, Golden Globes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. I feel like they maybe because nothing like this has happened at a thing like that, a little thing like this before. Maybe they just weren't prepared. Get get away with it once. Yeah, so I don't know. It was weird. It, it was a weird, the weirdest moment in a weird night. I think. Uh, I did a weird night. Yeah. Also, everybody loves that flute guy in the orchestra yes apparently he's a very um, uh prolific session musician in the la area and he's known by if, if you if you know music uh like in the area if you record music in the area you know who that guy is mm-hmm. and so yeah but made people happy which is always good
0: okay
1: that's uh i mean yeah i feel like that's the game awards uh, that was a lot of the game awards a lot of the game awards but yeah there was a lot to talk about yes <laughs> What wasn't the biggest news. Somehow, that was not the biggest news. And, oh, yeah, I have a perfect segue to this. My, my personal favorite night, or favorite moment from the VGAs, was in the uh, uh, beginning monologue, Jeff Keighley calls out Phil Spencer, who was, one, clearly not prepared for the camera to be on him. Yes. And two, not in a good mood. They showed him, and he was like, literally, I feel like he was, I don't know what he was mouthing, but he definitely looked like, get the camera off of me like, stop showing, I do not, I'm not, I'm not presenting tonight, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything tonight, I'm here because I have to be, was the vibe, and even the woman next to him was kind of like, come on, Phil, like, give him a smile or something, (laughs) and he's just like, he
0: literally went like, like, (laughs) well, the reason for this is because hours prior, (laughs) he got news on his phone that the FTC, the news we've been talking about for the past two weeks here, will, in fact, be suing to block Microsoft's proposed acquisition of
1: yeah. Activision Blizzard. Yes, so the thing we talked about last week? Well, it happened.
0: Yes. An official statement made by the FTC alleges that the deal will not only give Microsoft an upper hand in the console market, but also in other areas such as subscription gaming and cloud gaming. It claims that the $69 billion deal, nice. Microsoft's largest ever, and the largest ever in video game history... that should be reverse. (laughs) Yes. uh, ...would enable Microsoft to suppress competitors to its Xbox gaming consoles and its rapidly growing subscription content and cloud-based gaming business. Yeah. According to the FTC, the complaint cites previous examples of Microsoft acquiring other valuable gaming content and using it to suppress competition from rivals, pointing... The acquisition of a couple years ago, ZeniMax, parent company of Bethesda, as the notable example. So that last part is the kicker.
1: So all the people speculating, including us, about whether or not the FTC would okay this, did not think about precedent. They thought about precedent, and this is one of the reasons—the probably the biggest reason—why they pressed the red button here. If you look at, I of course did not read the entire statement. I'm not a CPA. Mm-hmm. I can't discern that for you. For you, like too much legalese. But what I will say from the people who did dive into it is that this is their biggest point. They mentioned that they specifically, already did a big deal? well, they not only that they did this big deal before, but also that what they chose to do after that deal finalized, mm-hmm. which was yes, did they did make games. Exclusive to the Xbox. pro Like, uh, they said, mm-hmm. yeah, Redfall, Xbox exclusive. Elder Scrolls, whatever, next one, probably Xbox exclusive. Starfall, or Star... What, uh, Starfield. Starfield, Xbox exclusive. Like, they already did that. So, the FCC is like, well, if they did it here, what's stopping them from doing that with mm-hmm. Activision? Even if they said it. Said that they wouldn't. A couple of notable, also little notable bits and pieces here. Um, this week also... Microsoft made a big statement uh, this week saying that they made a 10-year agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to their pla- their platforms. This seems like they thought... Microsoft seemed like they were convinced that this would be concessions. FTC doesn't see it like that. In their, in their uh, paperwork that they put out after this, they said they do not even count Nintendo as a competitor to Microsoft, <laughs> which is really a burn to Nintendo. They said that what they're saying is that they only view... High power or whatever the term was, or high efficiency or high like whatever term they use, uh, video game consoles as their competition, and so them that rules out the Nintendo Switch. So that means that that what Microsoft saw as a concession is not a concession at all to the FTC. Mm-hmm. They don't think it's enough. Meanwhile, Sony was like, "Hey, we we're like this week was like, hey, we're not even going to talk to Microsoft about this. We're going to talk to regulators because we're trying to convince the regulators." that this is not good for us and it worked it's yeah. clearly one of the things that convinced the ftc here um so yeah uh, microsoft after this was announced did say that they do all, have all uh, are still confident and will go to court and are ready uh they feel like they are prepared to go to court for this uh legally honestly i think this is a coin flip that's kind of where i'm at right now um the Biden administration has made, talked a big game about being more uh, anti-monopoly, anti-trust, and uh, trying to take down these kinds of things from happening. Mm-hmm. We just saw it happen in the publishing world uh, with the uh, attempted takeover of uh, Penguin. Um, that didn't happen. It got shot down, which means that recently, they have a very recent history of shooting down these acquisitions. You now have a lot of politicians... Uh, throwing their hat in the in, uh, in, uh, on one side or another mm-hmm. uh, Bernie Sanders tweeted this week uh, that he does support the FTC here and does believe that this is this is right to shoot this merger down So there's a lot of conversation here yes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, about uh, like about what's going to happen in this yeah uh, it could go either way I honestly don't know if they
0: succeed here okay. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. It's going to be a long legal process. Yes. 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 Um, but other than that, there's one last surprise to the VGAs. <laughs> and that is that <laughs> Yes, was released as a demo. Uh, like, immediately after the VGA <laughs> like, announcements. And yeah. I was able to play it.
1: Yeah, so I almost played this. And I say almost, which was like, I almost. You downloaded it? No, I almost oh. powered up the PS5. I was like, yeah, hey, should I check this out? I don't know how I feel about it. And then. Well, that's the good thing about it. having the, the
0: PS app is that was like, oh. Yeah, will just bloop, 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 do, do it. Right. Yep, download for the PS app. Because uh, it was also like during Thursday Night Football. So like, while I was watching Thursday Night Football, I was like, oh, let's download this in the background. Hee <laughs> Because <laughs> Rams are playing, which we'll get to in, in TV here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a fast paced like parkour game combined with both physical attacks and magical attacks in a single yeah. transition it's I don't know if it's fun but <laughs> it is very big it's very wide it's very expansive mm-hmm. and I think once you get to like the actual level that you start at which is like 17 uh, in this demo that you're able to like run around and sprint on everything It's just move fast a lot of it is about the ability to move from place to place climbing up everything, scaling everything. Mm. I don't know if there's any limits to this game. Does it feel good to do those things? It feels good to climb stuff and be like, yeah, I'm just going to like, at points like spam, trying to jump up this huge wall instead of like running all the way around or trying to find like the stairs or whatever. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of maneuver, looks like a lot of time and effort went into the maneuverability to like um, grapple not just grapple em- enemies and like go towards them a lot of it is like moving from place to place running sprinting uh parkouring over items parkouring through items leveling up your different both magic and uh combat based abilities okay as well as crafting elements how much of a demo is this it feels like this has, was a lot of content it feels like a lot of content. There's about there's six like quote main missions uh uh-huh. That it has to do in order, like it's like basically like all lined up in on the map, but the map itself is like is real feels like a really big area, with okay. a lot of like little additional stuff. Like here's like all like little treasure chests that you can go around and find. Here's like a little couple of little like mystery and hidden lore spots you can go look at. So how's the vibe of this game? Because I remember one of the things that a lot of people were saying after the previews
1: went out was that. The like the 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 hero was a little talkative, and there was kind of like a weird like kind of like weird like oh that thing happened
0: kind of dialogue happening. Is there a lot in that here? Yeah, it's yeah, it it does have that kind of feel. Talk as much as Aloy. Um, at times, yes. <laughs> also, there was a non-existent voice. Um, it felt like um, I don't know, just me playing it that either your sword or shield are, was talking to you the whole time. So, like, magically enchanted in this magical enchantment kingdom or realm or wherever we are. <laughs> um, and, like, the teenage heroine right. is there to save the day. It's an isekai, as they say. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, from what I played, I liked it. But at the same time, it was like, this game could easily go one of two ways. of yeah. uh, Exactly what I want or very much like Horizon for <laughs> West where... Yeah. There's too much to do in that game. I saw a
1: lot of people saying that they were disappointed by this demo. Is the reason why I was asking a lot of questions. It seems like some people I saw was like, oh yeah, I played for five minutes and deleted it.
0: There is a lot of empty
1: spaces. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what people
0: are saying. That While there's some visual stuff that they do that is good and I like, mm-hmm. there is a lot of empty spaces where you're running yeah. a long way between either battles or like uh checkpoints i
1: think it's going to hinge on how much you like that combat because i feel like if you don't if it's not that fun i think a lot of people are going to bounce right off of it yeah so yeah i mean we'll see when the final game comes out i might give it a shot uh just to see it because it's free like there's no reason not to but yeah i don't know about that one that's still a big question mark for 2023
0: it's still coming out next year yeah so we have time Alrighty. all right all right well, that means uh, with that with if you that didn't out of play way, anything else, I don't think so. so oh, I, think we can I did move on. play uh, Vampire Survivors on mobile. Yes, so that you was did. also announced. That yeah. it was available to download. Does it run on mobile? Uh, plays basically the same, or uh, yeah, basically the same. Yeah, you, know, you do kind of you move
1: your dude like by like doing the touch screen. Like yeah, that? just like, like hold.
0: Sure. You just hold. Yeah, hold, 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 hold.
1: I could see that working, but at the same time, I'm like, I'd rather have a controller for that game. So. A controller, you just
0: use the arrows.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried that.
0: It wasn't as fun.
1: All right. Anyway, let's move on to the second half of the show then. Yes. Uh, I'm going to put on my NPR voice for the second half of the show here. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> eh, we have to. Um, let's, let's go into the television section. And television always starts with sports. And this week in the sports, hey, the World Cup continues chugging along. Um, as we mentioned last week, the U.S. has been eliminated, so we are no longer in. But there are still a bunch of teams Argentina versus Croatia will be the next, as well as Morocco versus either England or France. Yep. And the finale will take place on Sunday,
0: the 18th. So, uh, Argentina-Croatia won earlier in the week. Argentina, a big surprise, upset win
1: against the Netherlands. I only know this because at work, I was in the office on Friday, and... Our, um, our uh, accounting uh, uh, person just happens to be of Ar- Argentinian
0: descent, and she was rooting for them, and absolutely freaked out when they won. And Croatia upset Brazil. Yeah. And Morocco just upset Portugal, who had Ronaldo. Right, so yeah. your big stars. But they also beat Spain before that.
1: Yeah, your big stars are kind of like... So it's like Morocco, Team of Destiny? Yeah, maybe. It's weird. It's a weird vibe this year. I feel like all the teams that everybody thought were going to be powerhouses have been eliminated before the end.
0: And then there's England and
1: France. And then there's England and France, <laughs> which are powerhouses, but we'll see how. But they they're get. in the
0: same bracket, so they'll get. Yeah. Someone One will of be eliminated will, we'll in, in the it. quarters. So
1: here. hey, we'll see. And then yeah, by Sunday we will crown a
0: champion. Uh, next Sunday, next which Sunday. means yeah. next podcast episode yes. we will know who is in the finals. So there you go. How exciting. Yep.
1: Meanwhile, in not football but football. The 2022 Heisman Trophy finalists have been selected. We have Stetson Bennett, a quarterback from Georgia, Max Duggan, a quarterback from TCU, CJ Stroud, a quarterback from the Ohio State, and Caleb Williams, a quarterback from, the, from USC.
0: Hmm, almost like if you have to be a quarterback to hmm. win the Heisman hmm. now. Hmm.
1: Yeah, when was hmm. the last time a running back won? I feel like we talked about this on this podcast.
0: Um, Derrick Henry won? I was like, how many years ago? Uh, well, you've been <laughs> in the league for quite some time now. So, yeah. So, yeah. Several years ago.
1: So, there you go. There's your tip. The oh, no. Devonta Smith won uh, oh, right. a couple years ago for yeah. a receiver. Uh, this is the Media podcast tip. If
0: you want to win the Heisman Trophy, be a quarterback. And have a cool last name. Yes. That helps. <laughs> Certainly doesn't hurt. Your... Uh, meanwhile, there's other awards that were given out for, during, for NCAA. Football. Yes,
1: there were, including the AP Player of the Year, which was Caleb Williams. The top quarterback, which was Max Duggan. Top running back, which was Bijan Robinson. Top coach, Kirby Smart.
0: Uh, both the running back and coach were from Georgia. Yeah, hey, there you go. Meanwhile, what is going on with this last bit about the LA Rams? So, um, this past week, the LA Rams had to start a new quarterback.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So, this means that of their past starting quarterbacks, <laughs> they have started the number one overall pick from 2016 draft. Yeah the number one overall pick from the 2009 draft, and most recently the number one overall pick from the 2018 draft, that being of Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, and as of Thursday night, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Because Baker Mayfield was let go not only from the Browns earlier this year, where he was traded to the uh, Carolina Panthers, Mm -hmm. but he was let go from the Carolina Panthers this week, Placed on waivers, the Rams were the only ones to pick him up on Tuesday. So, Baker Mayfield on Tuesday gets the call hey, you're going to LA. Practices on Wednesday, plays on Thursday night football, and wins (laughs) with a 96 yard drive in 92 seconds against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's impressive. So yeah, Baker Mayfield's not the quarterback of the Rams. It's weird to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what a team. What a weird season for the LA
0: Rams. It is
1: super weird. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's almost like, uh, yeah,
0: you win the Super Bowl and you come back and you're not really sure what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's not that Super Bowl hangover. <laughs> they're like, oh, players like take money yeah. and leave and go to other places yeah. and retire. It's the vibe.
1: Yeah. How long do you think uh, McVay's there? Uh
0: the big question this season, I think. Uh, a couple more years, maybe? You, you're giving two. I thought this was it. A lot of people are like... There's a lot of reports around there that say that, like, after this year, that yeah. McVay, uh, Aaron Donald, and Stafford are just all going to, like, retire and, like, be done. Yeah.
1: I mean, honestly, it does seem like maybe maybe they just need to rethink the Rams. Uh, we'll see. But they won a Super Bowl, so... Hey, hey you got that check. check yeah, you, you, you got the ring. Checked. So there you go. Yep. Uh, anything else in sports we needed to talk about? I mean, it was mostly red cup news this week.
0: Um, as we get closer to in December, uh, with football, yeah. uh, teams will be securing playoff spots. Teams will be officially eliminated. As such, um, I think the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans have officially been eliminated from postseason play. Okay. Um, and then baseball stuff keeps happening.
1: Yeah. And different deals
0: keep being made.
1: Uh, one, one note, though, for, for, of local interest is that um, there was a quote from the Angels uh, Angels uh, franchise that says they do, want, they do intend on finishing the sale before opening day, <laughs> which I'm like, you do not have much time. No. So I don't know how <clears throat> they're going to manage to do that, but I would love to see them do it. Oh, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> oh, we got to do this fast. I'm losing my voice here. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: All right, let's move on then into some television news. And our first story takes us up a very, very tall and very, very dark tower. Yes, that dark tower. After six years with Netflix, Intrepid Pictures is moving to Amazon Studios. Additionally, they are taking on the most ambitious project of theirs to date, a screen adaptation of Stephen King's The Dark Tower, which creator Mike Flanagan envisions as a TV series to run for five seasons, followed by two standalone features. Flanagan reveals that he has written a pilot script and season outlines for the Dark Tower, which has described for years as his dream project. He has even shared in interviews his vision for the opening shot, a black screen with the words, The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, which of course is the first line from the first Dark Tower book, mm-hmm. leading to a landscape with a silhouette in a distance. So, Dark Tower fans notoriously have been begging for an adaptation that does the works justice, There was a film that did not with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey! Was pretty widely uh, uh, panned, Mm -hmm. and so fans are still begging for it. So if Mike Flanagan wants to, you know, try again and make this work, I think a television series is probably the best approach.
0: I mean, we saw what just happened with Netflix and
1: Sandman, and with um, and with Amazon and Lord of the Rings. These streaming services are putting in a lot of Mm -hmm. money for big fantasy epics. And
0: it's the Game of Thrones effect. You don't get as big as a fantasy epic, especially from Stephen King, as the Dark Tower series.
1: So there are some things I understand about those books that they might have to um, change for a modern adaptation.
0: Uh, Yeah, it does go into a lot of other Stephen King works that they may or may not have the actual rights to. (laughs) Yeah, it's a complicated work because of how 4th wally it gets.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, But hey, we'll see. Uh, Ultimately, this is somebody who I believe fans would trust. He does seem like to be a fan himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, if anybody's going to do it, This would be the way to do it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if this uh, works out and whether the fans approve.
0: Uh, But, yeah, expect that in two years. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take
1: a while. (laughs) Speaking of expect it within the next two years... And speaking of Amazon... We have some streaming updates about Amazon and HBO Max. Under a new deal between Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon, that extends at least through the end of 2024... Customers who subscribe to HBO Max through Prime Video channels in the U.S. will automatically be upgraded to the forthcoming consolidated HBO Max Discovery Plus, which all signs point to being named Max, Max.
0: service next spring. Although that is not confirmed with the not name, confirmed. that is what general um, like publications are kind of like leaning it towards that. Uh, both uh, Discovery and HBO Max, the merger has filed for just the trademark of the name
1: Max. I think this is smart. I think having a one word name is mm-hmm. always good if you're running a business. Like Hulu. And I feel like probably there's probably a lot of people who already call HBO Max just Max. So, yeah. hey, it's name recognition right there. Yep. HBO Max's return to prime video channels comes after the premium streamer under Warner Media dropped off prime video channels in September 2021. The same point, Warner Media then owned by AT&T wanted more control of the direct-to-consumer relationships, including the ability to collect data for targeted advertising, then Amazon was willing to cede. About 5 million HBO slash HBO Max customers had subscribed through Prime Video channels, and the end of that deal took a bite out of that HBO Max's subscriber base. So to see those people return will be welcome Mm -hmm. uh, for Warner. Um, And yeah, I think that consolidation is ultimately the best choice here for them to make. Uh, to con- like to get rid of consumer confusion and just streamline their offering, uh, which is what they've already been in progress doing after calling a bunch of
0: HBO Max's content. Yes, uh, the one of the reasons that they um, kind of like stopped the deal initially back in September of 2021 was because they wanted more people to just go to HBO Max. Use it directly. Use it directly. This was, of course, before the merger happened. Right. So now that after the merger, with, uh, as we mentioned, Zaslav in control, he doesn't really care where those viewers or streams are coming from, as long as money is being generated. Exactly. And if you're going to be generating Amazon money from from them, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to close any doors, Mm -hmm. is basically. Like, any opportunity
1: that people have to sign up for their content, he wants to have that available. So, yeah, makes sense if you're Zaslav.
0: It makes sense from a business perspective. And, yeah. hey, it's a business. It also
1: makes sense. It's a better experience for us, too, if I don't have to sign up for two services there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's available from wherever I want it to be available. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, that will happen within the next couple of years. And then the next spring is, yeah, when they're targeting to have some sort of uh, final name and consolidated thing. So there you go. All right, let's move on. You have a thought. You watched the very end of Trevor Noah's
0: run on The Daily Show. Yes, and possibly the end of The Daily Show. Yeah, unclear. Unclear of whether or not there will be a new host, whether or not they will kind of reboot what The Daily Show is, or even where it is. You'd
1: be surprised. I'm honestly surprised they didn't do that before this episode ran, because you would think that they would want to have some idea of what The Daily Show name is going to be. Well, I don't know. Did they have already announced who was going to replace when... Don Stewart was going to. I don't know if they had announced Trevor, uh, Trevor Noah, but they announced that it would continue the new host. Right. The question at the time was: everybody assumed that they were just going to give it to one of his, one of uh, his, um, like correspondents, correspondents, and they didn't. Um, so yeah, or, wait, Trevor?
0: Noah? I... No, he was not. No, he was not.
1: So yeah, um, so yeah, uh, so, but we knew that there was going to be continuation. This time, they haven't even confirmed that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how was the last show with uh, Trevor Noah? Uh, more heartfelt than jokey, or comedy. Yeah. Uh, but then again, that's kind of what you expect when you're kind of saying goodbye to not just the fans, not just the audience who's there in person and also watching, but also the correspondent. So a lot more heartfelt than what's normally for tone for the Daily Show. Yeah. But then again, this is the culmination of seven years of Trevor Noah. He's been yeah. there for seven years through the Trump administration, through COVID, uh, through now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, so now he gets to go run right off with Dua Lipa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Not everybody can say that. Yes. know <laughs> sure I can. Um, yeah, uh, you know what? Looking back at his run, I think he did an okay job for what he was offered. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a really big fan of his, so his show never really uh, reached the heights uh, t- for me that uh, John Stewart's era of the show did. Um, that being said, you know, like you can only do so much with the format of that thing. Which yeah. is why I'm hoping that when they do, if they choose to revive it, um, that they change it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, for me, it was more watching it, uh, the clips readily available on YouTube, on YouTube yeah. of That's, his show.
1: Well, at some point, I think he even realized that most people were watching his show like that. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, more or less... Um, uh, especially during the COVID era. Especially during that era, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, um, as a concept, I still think that there's value to something like The Daily Show. But you need to rethink it, I think, for how modern how modern news works. Mm-hmm. The modern news cycle just isn't what it used to be. And I think something like this is limited, I think, by its
0: format. Modern news cycle, especially when you have instant access to news, Twitter, Reddit, mm-hmm. stuff, whatever's on Facebook, if they allow it.
1: Also, um, yeah, and also, yeah. also they just got to get a squad of writers in there They can... Uh, that can uh, that compete with John Oliver's team. That too. I don't know if anybody can right now. That's well, the reason why they've won an Emmy every
0: year. Yes, yeah, so so but they the also contestant. get one show a week instead yeah. of four. That's true. A it's true. It's a lot less planning involved.
1: So yeah, uh, I guess we'll see whatever next thing Trevor Noah does, and we'll see whatever next thing Comedy Central does with The Daily Show.
0: Yep. And whoever becomes the new host sitting behind the desk, who knows if there's a desk at all? We'll see. Yes, if there's a host at all. All right. Did we watch anything else this week? No. Uh, um yes. Sexless Island returns. <laughs> oh boy. One of your favorites. Yes. Uh returns for season three. They found even more people to trick. <laughs> of course. Yes. Uh of course that's not called uh Sexless Island. <laughs> no. It's called Too Hot to it's Handle. Too it's hot on to Netflix handle, you It's know season it three. You know but it yes, is. too hot to handle because they cannot touch themselves. Can't they cannot it. touch other people. No sense. And yet. They still break the rules and put money out of the pot. There would be no show if that didn't happen. Oh, they're young, hot, and stupid. (laughs) That should have been the name of the show.
1: Yes. (laughs) All right, let's move on then. I didn't watch anything new this week. Um, A lot of shows are going on their holiday break, so we've had a lot of holiday episodes this week. But yeah, Besides that, let's move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I
0: no longer watching?
1: Unfortunately, HBO has canceled Los Spookies after two seasons. I know that that was a fan favorite for the internet people. Lopez versus Lopez is getting a nine more episode ad addition to its first season here, doing that full 22 episodes for NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still on Friday. St- yeah, so. still on the death <laughs> slot for some reason. Yeah. Moonhaven canceled after one season on AMC+. FBoy Island Cancelled after two seasons on uh, HBO Max. They could to find more people to trick. No more F-boys. <laughs> the Demello De Show on Hulu. Renewed for a third set season. Legendary. Cancelled after three seasons on HBO Max. Sweet Life, colon Los Angeles. Cancelled after two seasons on HBO Max. Hey, that calling, it's still happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Monarch. Cancelled after one season on Fox. Oh no,
0: who could have seen that coming? Yeah, you know,
1: everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the Bastard, Son, and the Devil Himself. Cancelled after one season on Netflix. Those are your cancellations and renewals. Then we have a handful of deaths here. Kirstie Alley, believe it or not, age 71, actress, of course, famous for Cheers, Veronica's Closet, Look Who's Talking, won Emmys back in 1991 and 1994, a sitcom staple for a while, mm-hmm. and in later years, uh, Jenny Craig. Yeah, and also, uh, yeah, for, spokesperson uh, for um, Jenny Craig. But yeah, later in life, eh, maybe said some questionable things. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, definitely eh, a controversial and uh, uh, but and yet prolific feature of uh, the celebrity world over the course of her life. Mm-hmm. Next up, George Newball, age 88, a co-creator of Schoolhouse
0: Rock. Yep. Uh, I think he was the lyricist. Okay.
1: Wrote a lot of the lyrics for this. Yeah. Songs we can thank uh thank him for conjunction junction
0: yes
1: (laughs) and uh being a bill sitting on capitol hill and then lastly or not lastly the uh next in the desk helen slayton hughes age 92 actress uh was on shows like parks and recreation
0: crazy on the outside and moxie if that name doesn't sound familiar that's because she played the elder actress of ethel all right ethel beavers in parks and rec
1: yes that's how i would know her um yeah definitely a fun character actress um but yeah, 92, that makes, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty pretty good, getting up there. And then lastly here, Grant Wall, age 48, a sports journalist. Sports Illustrated, wrote for Sports Illustrated, author of The Beckham Experiment. Recently, Recently died, died yes.
0: while watching the World Cup. He was covering the World Cup. Yeah. Um, there are people on the internet who do suspect foul mm-hmm. play.
1: I mean, 48 is very, very young. Yes. So considering that, plus the many, many questions brought up about the safety of Americans in Qatar. Uh,
0: During the first World Cup game that he was to cover, he wore an LGBTQ Mm plus shirt, Mm -hmm. but was immediately turned away. Um, He also recently came out with an article about the World Cup and how it's treating its hospitality, which some could point to. We're not here to say one way or the other. We can't say, but... But so it depends on where you look on the internet. The pieces of... do
1: put together an interesting picture there. Yes, especially um,
0: journalists, of Amer- American journalists yeah. in that part of the world.
1: So yeah, this was a sad one for a lot of reasons. A lot of people I saw you know, uh, tribute, giving tribute to his work and mm-hmm. how influential of a journalist he has been and how certain things he's covered and the way he's covered sports over the years. And yeah, and a lot of people talking about like the circumstances and being like, well, we probably should take a look at what exactly
0: happened here, investigate into this a little further. He was one of the first people to start covering LeBron James when he was in high school. Yeah. He became um, one of the most, uh, later in his life, dedicated to the sport of soccer and originated in the, in the U.S. as well. Uh, but yeah, just a prolific ju- sports journalist. Interesting nonetheless, so we'll see.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, what happens um, with that if they do investigate that? There
0: will yeah. most likely, yes, be an investigation. Oh,
1: just a sad one, just brutal. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on into movies, our final section for today. And we always start that with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one, still sitting pretty up top, is Black Panther Wakanda Forever with another $17.5 million dollars. That's a 393 It will cross 400 million. It will
0: definitely cross 400 million.
1: Good job, Black Panther. Number two, Violent Night had a $13.4 million dollar debut, combining those horror movie aficionados with those Christmas aficionados. Yes, yeah, so now you have something
0: <laughs> other than uh, yeah. a nightmare on Vibrant Before Christmas to yeah, watch. <laughs> there you go. Number three,
1: Strange World with another week of disappointing oh. numbers. $5 million. That's only at $25 million. If we can officially call that movie a bomb. Until it gets revived on Disney+. Plus, (laughs) Even then. Number four, The Menu, with another $3.4 million. That's at $24 million. I don't think Disney thought that those two would be so close. Yes. And number five, rounding out your top five this week, Devotion. (laughs) With a $2.7 million total this week, adding to $13 million domestic. So, yeah. uh, I think the big story here is, yeah, Strange World just continues. No one's seeing it. No one's going to see them? Nobody. <laughs> Alright, upcoming this week is finally the week. Avatar The Way of the Water is unleashed into theaters. You already have critics kind of giving their takes. You have some early uh, early uh, kind of feedback coming mm-hmm. from those screenings. Um, do you think it is the big hit that James Cameron expects it to be?
0: Uh, it's true enough, I was reading an article this morning about... With the release of Avatar: The Way of Water coming out, that they've already shot up to three movies. Yeah. So they have Avatar: The Way of Water. They have the sequel as well already shot. Shot. As well as the <laughs> yes, as well as the <laughs> fourth film already penned out and planned. Right. Depending on how box office numbers play out with The Way of Water, so we can <laughs> either have three movies. Or four movies or five movies. And, I've, and James Cameron's, like, ready for each scenario. I think this
1: is a big gamble, but I'm probably wrong. Honestly, I'm ready to be wrong. I think this will probably be huge. Because, of course, it will. It's uh, inevitable. It's, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, in a way. If James Cameron says the Avatar is going to be huge, it's going to be huge.
0: I mean, you do have him coming out and criticizing the way Thanos looks in uh, 2019. <laughs> it's like like Do you think that was good in 2019? Like... Just wait. just wait till you see what we do because, like, like, we blow his shit out of the water. I mean, that's the th-
1: literally, and that's the thing. It's like, we, we'll see it. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, is the movie as great as he thinks it is? Is it as money making as he thinks it is? We'll yeah. see.
0: Um, I'm may or may not be able to see it by the time we podcast next right. week, but I will definitely be talking about it the following week.
1: Okay, well, we'll talk about it then. So, get ready for Avatar. All right, that's the upcoming releases, but hey, we have to move on because it's Like we mentioned, award season in full swing, Mm -hmm. also top 10 season, and none of those collaborate in the same way as with the National Board of Review. Top Gun Maverick has been named Best Picture by the organization. Colin Farrell and Michelle Yeoh took home the big acting awards for The Banshees of Intran and Everything Everywhere All at Once, respectively. The supporting awards went to Farrell's co-star, Brandon Gleason, while Janelle Monae picked up her first major prize for Glass Onion, the Nice Out sequel. Of course, we also praised her performance yes, in that movie did. last week. Other winners include Steven Spielberg for directing The Fablements, Martin McDonough for original screenplay The Banshees of Insurance, and A24's Marcel the Shell with Shoes On for animated feature. With, I think this is a stretch, but sure. Yay. Other top films include After Sun, The Woman King, Till, and hey, what do you know, Avatar. So there you go, uh, National Border Review kind of kicking off our uh,
0: end of the year festivities here so does this mean i should find a way to watch banshees of insurance if you got both best
1: actors here maybe as uh, well as the screenplay maybe that's one of the ones we should probably put on our little short list of things to watch before oscars
0: or things to watch for our end of the year list we're too well
1: <laughs> clock's ticking on that one. oh i
0: know
1: so we'll see anyway uh yeah so maybe this is a little preview of some of, uh,
0: uh, of what oscars might look like yeah. i mean martin McDonough. is no Stranger to the Oscars, doing yes. three billboards outside of Epic, Missouri. That's true. That's
1: true. Moving on to our second story here. Brad Pitt, always in the news with his production studio Plan B. They're selling their majority stake, in it, or he is selling his majority stake in his production company Two uh. <laughs> Media One, a Paris-based production company. Plan B, run by President D.D. Gartner and Co-President Jeremy Kleiner, recently produced She Said, and its credits include The Departed, Moonlight and 12 Years a Slave. No,
0: no, this is a uh, Plan B. Right, that's what Plan I'm saying. B's credits. Yes.
1: credits. Uh, yeah, Media One owns a fleet of European production operations such as Le Gardaire Studios, Make and the French TV division of Europacorp. In, di- in a statement, Media One touts the opportunity for the French company to expand beyond its core European markets into the US by leveraging Plan B's connections to, quote, cultivate a greater number of immensely talented creators and premium projects for a global viewership i imagine this is brad pitt being like i don't want this to be my day job anymore like yes. running a company
0: <laughs> yeah this is brad pitt um so well, brad pitt selling his majority yes. stake not the the full, company, the company.
1: But when, usually when you say but selling a majority stake that means it's a buyout it's yeah. just that it's a nice way of putting it yes. <laughs> to not scare anybody mm-hmm.
0: It's okay. Like Plan B, will still be there. We'll still right. operate. We'll still be called Plan B. Called huh? Plan B, and producing outside or producing projects within the U.S. It's just that they now have a parent company in MediaWan, which is a French-based company. Yeah,
1: yeah. So interesting uh, uh, um, uh, development here for Brad. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what the French company does moving forward with the Plan B brand.
0: Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they take some of their IPs and either. Make them for French audiences, or yeah. for European audiences as well, or vice versa. Vice versa, because it's they do. Um, because we have seen it time and time again of IPs from foreign countries that need that get remade in the U.S.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Alrighty, have we watched any new movies this week?
0: Uh, nope, just a lot of <laughs> holiday movies. Yeah, it's
1: that time of year, so a lot of old holiday movies yes. uh, that we can't really talk about here. Anyway, uh, but what we do have before we wrap up today is a fan question. What do you know? Always oh, love a good fan question. Yes. This comes from our number one fan again this week. If you want to ask us a question, you can email us at mediaboat. uh, MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. This week's question We all know a hero is only as good as his villains. We can all probably agree that Batman is as good as he is because of his rogues gallery. One of my favorite franchise villains was Voss from the Far Cry series. He made your silent protagonist pale in comparison to his presence. My question to you is, who is your favorite villain? From any source of media, video games, movies, or TV shows, thanks. Keep up the good work.
0: I did notice that you left out music. uh, Villain in music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh,
1: according to Anti-Hero, Taylor Swift is her
0: own villain. Yes. (laughs) It's her. Hi, it's her. her.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, villains. Classics, classic villains. I mean... First one comes to my mind is of course the cla- when I think of classic villain in my head, it is Die Hard, it is Hans Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. It's like the most villainy villain that I can think of in my head. Oh, uh, see, I was
0: gonna go with Hannibal Lecter, who's only on the screen Lecter's for nineteen good. minutes. That's good. That's and good still too. ended up winning an Oscar for it.
1: Um, if we're talking Disney movies, there's a lot of classic good villains in those. Mm-hmm. Your scars, your uh, dude from. Uh,
0: Princess and the Frog. Um, Oh, you used to like David Keith in there. Keith David. Not David Keith. He's a different guy. I'm sorry. Yes. You have Keith David, the villain (laughs) in uh, Princess and the Frog. Keith David, the villain in uh, Amphibia. Keith Keith David, David, the villain in uh, Saints Row III. Anyway, Uh, he's not the villain. He's a good guy in that. Uh, I don't know uh, about that. What Uh, other other villains? In video games, you have uh, some great villains like Handsome Jack. Eh, I think great is being a little generous to Handsome Jack. I don't know. I, I, was lo- I loved when I was able to finally like kick oh, his ass. yeah, I know. That's yeah, that was what makes a great villain, when you finally like <sighs> able to kick their ass. <laughs> uh, Who else do we got? Let's see. Uh, I mean, if you want to count Bowser in there, because he's Batman been around for a long villain. time. Yeah, he's classic, a classic villain. villain. What else? Huh.
1: Because I think, like, I think one of one of the things is is that there, there has to be a very specific kind of thing to have like a real like villainy villain like mm-hmm. that. A lot of storytelling, like modern storytelling, it's kind of eschewed that for more of like a personal struggle. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel either like, this... like
0: either a personal struggle or more of an anti-hero like yeah. Walter White, where yes, does villain actions for a You're betterment. Right.
1: You're right. The rise of the anti-hero in a lot of um... Taylor Swift songs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and a lot of prestige TV has kind of made this less common of a trope
0: yes. in recent
1: years. Um, but yeah, I think that when you have a really good villain, though, like they do steal the show in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't think of any off the more off the top of my head.
0: It's just because you're being put on the spot there. Yeah, I think so. I like, think I try-
1: Thing with these questions, a lot of the time is like, man, it's hard to think. We need to like really read these ahead of time. I should have read this ahead of time. So well, there's like a Darth an Vader, you
0: know, classic that goes
1: across both TV and movies and video games.
0: He might be one of the few ones that yeah, does cross right. all of them. He does cross
1: over all of them. And the fun thing about that one is that because of all that, you have a lot of time to, to like interrogate that character. So we know about his like childhood, we know about the reasons why he ends up doing the things mm-hmm. he does. And, like, you get a full, like, 360 view of him because of that. So I think that helps your villain feel fleshed out when you are able to, like, tell a story over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Villains. Yep. They're good sometimes.
0: They're good to have. And when done right, it can make your um, story even more And your hero feels stronger, too. Like, like yes. uh,
1: our, our fan brings up a good point there. Like, yeah, it's like... That's one of the reasons why Batman is so beloved because the Joker is such a good foil for him, like yeah. that they they are like so opposed and so like opposite ends of the spectrum that they
0: make each other stronger. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at and it. And also, if we're talking about like silent protagonist versus mm-hmm. a uh, villain, um, Glados oh. from Portal.
1: Yeah, I mean that one's an interesting one because, <laughs> as much of a villain that character is, it's also they're also very endearing and funny. Yes. And so yeah, and they give you Ad- cake. Or or, or or can they or is or, there there's a recipe oh, it's like a, that's a 15 year old joke this year
0: all right oh my god. Jeez, yeah, think
1: about that for a second all right well that'll do it thank you for the question and like I said if you want to answer if you want us to answer your question just email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com and yeah I feel like we can wrap this show up for yep. the day thank you for joining us for this uh, little low-key second half in our big key <laughs> first half but uh, nonetheless.
0: Well um, the big keys were all in the video game awards. Yeah, we had to get that. That was really the chest. biggest thing that happened this week. It was
1: a little bit of a slow week and it'll probably continue being slow through the holiday season. But if you want to listen to us get wild about our favorite things of the year, you can do so on our podcast stream as we are this all month of December, we are giving you our week our year end wrap up shows. We well, like we said earlier in the show, our episode dedicated to our favorites in the year of music is already up on our feed. Mm -hmm. Coming this week, we'll have our show about video games. Coming the week after that, we will have our show about television. And then we'll wrap up with film the week after that and wrap up the year on the 31st with our final wrap-up show of the year, which is our year in review as well as personal things and looking forward to the year to come, 2023. All that will be coming on our podcast uh, feed. So you can find that at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search Media Boat Podcasts. You can also find our video versions of our live streams that we do on Saturday mornings, just like this one, on YouTube. If you search youtube.com, Media Boat Podcast, you'll find our page, like, channel, or ch- channel, channel, like, comment, subscribe, uh, click the bell for notifications when we go live. You can also find us on social media networks like Twitter, where we're at Media Boat Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page there. And like I said, you can email that email address, at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, things you want to tell us, anything at all, you can do it there. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll be back for another regular episode of the show next week, as well as that wrap-up episode for video games on Wednesday of next week.
0: Yep, next week we'll be back with more news, more thoughts, more us, uh, possibly more end-of-the-wrap-up shows, especially those that are streaming. Yeah, so look forward to that. See ya. Don, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Okay, bye.